All right, we're back. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode number 32. What's up, Q? Have a safe trip, pal. Hope you have fun. Tune in for your drive. Nothing entertaining, but listen anyway, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Q, I am announcing... The game's at Jamestown this weekend. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's really looking forward to that. Absolute shenanigans will be engaged. No, no question about that one, pal. In the words of Q... I guess it ain't Q saying that. Who's who's the dude? Q, who's the dude? That's money, dude. What's up, Matthew? How you doing, pal? There, I got my little shirt promo in here. If you have not got your shirt yet, what are you doing with your life? Gio got his. Still waiting on Q to pay for his. Thinks he gets some kind of special treatment. He gets some kind of discount or something. But listen, here's the deal. <clears throat> I'm kind of excited to do this. It just kind of came to me out of nowhere. Um, just to like turn the t-shirt thing up a little bit. Like let's turn it up to 12. Uh, order a shirt. And it gets you entered into a drawing to one of any in stock bat from headbangersports.com. Shirt order is open until next Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. That's going to give me time to uh, get everything rounded up. Excuse me. Let's get everything rounded up, um, submitted, turned in Monday morning so they can immediately get started on them. Yeah, Q, if you buy two, you get two entries. You get one of each, that's an entry. Every shirt you buy. I mean, I know it's, it's there's only two shirts, but um, <laughs> buy some friends some. Have some friends pay you for some. I don't care what you do. Mitchell played it smart, actually. Everybody could take notes from my man Mitchell. He was the smart one and got two of the retro shirts for himself because they're white. And they may not stay clean the longest. I understand that. The whole idea behind white maybe not staying clean for the longest time, but I like white. When white is clean, it looks great. So that's what we're going to roll with. Yeah, Gio, you did get you one of them retros. Uh, Freddie, how long does it take for the shirts to ship when we buy one? So the, the buy-in ends, and then the two- to three-week turnaround time, and then they'll go out the same day I get them in. The blue ones will be done locally here in town, so all i got to do is go pick them up, throw them in the mail. And then once uh, my shirt guy gets the white ones done, those get in the mail, they'll go out same day as well. And yes, Eric, the white ones will make you look faster. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it'd be kind of a cool idea. Uh, maybe a way to give back a little bit to the community. 
and do a spice things up and do a little bit of a giveaway. Something fun. Be an easy way to score yourself a Demarini Stadium or a Demarini Food Dog. Probably the best deal going on bats right now is those two bats. Is the Stadium and the Food Dog. They're both durable. They're really good performers when they break in. It's getting ready to get cool outside. So kind of here's my thought process with stuff like that. Is hit it in BP now. It's going to be like gamer status-ish. Right around the fall when the Tim's transition and you're worried about breaking bats, dude, just get those out and just go to town with them. That's exactly what I would do. Eric Sun just got himself a shirt. Don't know what the rest of you are doing with your lives. Bye, Q. Have a safe drive. Everybody tell Q to have a safe drive. Even though he's a shithead, we love him. He's headed to Colorado for the weekend. He's been looking forward to that trip for a while. It is kind of a bummer because this weekend is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I say every year, like, this is lame. I'm not doing it. Oh, my God, it's awful. But I, I like a month later, I'm ready to do it again. So there's Labor Day Festival in a little town called Jamestown. And it's all, I mean, it's a small town, a little itty-bitty uh, farm town. Uh, let me see, J just so I can be exact with my numbers here. Jamestown, Missouri's population as of 2020 was 382 people. And it's the only town for probably 20 miles. And there's one town that's about 10 to 15,000. And then outside of that, it's Amish country and a bunch more towns the size of that one. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of like how small this thing is. They always do a Labor Day Festival. And it's very small, so it's centered around everything. you got the city park there, and then the school is there, too. And they have the tournament at the school's baseball field. Very unique baseball field. I think it's like 270 in left, a little over 300 in center, and then like 260 in right. The left field fence, it, there's a little bit of a twist. The left field fence is about... Uh, 20, 25 feet tall, somewhere around in there, I'd say. And the home run rule is basically like a six, we call it six and one up. So basically, no, I'm trying to think of a way to explain this. Sorry, it wouldn't be six and one up. It'd be you can't go, I can't remember what the, the, the exact term they use. Basically, you can't go more than six home runs past the other team. So, if, uh, no Q, I don't think there's a cat purring. I don't believe there is. I believe the only thing you can't do is go up more than six on the other team. I don't think there's a run cap either, is there? The one last year? Not that I'm aware of either. That or we didn't hit it, one of the two. So anyway, you can't go up more than six home runs on the other team. It's a short fence, and it, it makes it unlimited in a sense. Like, if you're playing against a team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, you are you are going to have to manage your home runs on the shorter fence. But if you got a team that wants to hit them with you, just swing away. 
and especially where it gets interesting is like if, if the game is close and you got a couple of teams slugging it out, you really got to think about do you want to use a home run because then the other team gets one back. Say say they're up six on you and you hit one. Well, now they're only up five, so they get a home run next inning. However many more you hit, however many more they get to use. It gets interesting. And it's fun, and probably my favorite part of this whole thing is not even playing it that I'm excited about. <clears throat> so uh, my friend Ben, he is usually in the booth calling the games. They, they've trusted him with that, and he's done it for a while now. And he does a great job, you know, and when I say calling the game, he, it's, this is the spectacle of the town in the area. So there's all kinds of people there watching, hanging out. We got lawn and garden tractor pulls. We got four wheeler racing. We got uh, car shows, all kinds of crap going on um, back behind the field. So it draws a crowd. So he's there announcing the game, you know, talking about who's up and just kind of what's going on on the field, that kind of thing. And I don't even remember how it came about. I, I think he made the joke to me something about, "Will you come in the booth? I need to go play." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Really? Will you?" I was like, yeah, I will. <laughs> and next thing you know, here I am in Jamestown at 10 o'clock at night with Brian by my side, commentating these games and having a blast. It's so much fun. Obviously, if you're here every Wednesday, you know I'm a talker. So I could sit and talk and blab and ramble and carry on. It does not bother me a bit. I'll talk to myself. I'll talk to whoever. It's It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and uh, he messaged me. He says, hey, he says, are you coming back next year? I said, yeah, I, as long as I find a team to play on, I'll be there. He's like, okay, good. He's like, I'm going to put you in the booth again. And <laughs> he and I have chatted a couple times this week, uh, these last couple weeks already. I, t- I texted him the other day. I said, hey, just letting you know I've been practicing. I said, I'm ready. <laughs> I thought about it would be really fun to – what's up, Jason? How you doing, buddy? <clears throat> I thought it would be kind of fun to – um, maybe do some giveaways there this weekend, but I'm, I'm giveaways on giveaways on giveaways lately. I can't do that. I love giving back. It's it, this, this is not about being able to quit my job and be some kind of full-time YouTuber. Dude, it's about sustaining the hobby and some, some of sustaining is giving back and giving back to the community a little bit. Like I said, we're selling these shirts and we're, and we're going to give away a bat to every entry of a shirt you buy. So if you buy one of each shirt, that's two entries. The each the shirts will be combined. It won't be a, sh- uh, a bat for each shirt. It will all be combined into one, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to take every name and I'm going to slam them into a spreadsheet, use a random number generator, and we're going to get us a winner. <clears throat> About the only people that I won't let win the contest will be like uh, the, the people that hit with me are like immediately, immediate, like really, really close friends. Like Brian understands that um, he he's not, you know, probably not going to be in the running. I'm sure he gets that because, like, think about how bad that would look if I'm out here saying, "Hey, everybody, go buy a bat," or "Everybody, go buy a shirt and you can win a free bat." And then I could say, "Oh, Brian wins a bat," and I just keep it for myself. <laughs> that, like that's that's not cool. So he he's just about the only one that. Wouldn't win, a, wouldn't win the bat, and he understands that. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But I thought about doing something like that in Jamestown. I know at some point during the weekend they do a home run derby. But I think it's going to be on like a Monday, and there won't be as many teams there. I don't know how long it'll take. 
there there really isn't anything slotted in there for it right now. But I thought it'd be fun, like if there's a lot of people there to do a home run derby. Uh, my friend Seth Thomas is a lights out basketball shooter. I mean, he, he played um, played basketball at a, a local college here, set a couple scoring records, and I believe he holds the school record for what is the highest three point percentage, maybe free throw percentage as well. So he can, he or somebody can correct me on that. Either way, what I'm getting at is my man is just cold as ice. And he used to be a teacher there and he's still known in the community around there. I thought it would be really funny (laughs) if we had the people hitting the home run derby and then add the twist of he gets to come out. We'll we'll drag him. he, He even said, Set me up a goal on the first baseline. If I can make more free throws out of 10 shots and that guy can hit home runs out of 10 outs, let's give him something. <laughs> uh, dude, can you uh, just like the thought of that? You imagine driving by and you got one guy hitting home runs and another shooting basketballs. <laughs> wild. Absolutely wild. I thought that would be uh, a lot of fun, but it, we, we got to draw the line somewhere, right? But I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try. No promises, but I'm going to try and go live uh, on the Facebook page and talk about that a little bit while I'm there. You know, kind of give you guys, you should be able to hear me uh, calling the game. I can respond to some of your comments and, and questions and things like that. As long as I have phone service. Last year when I did go live for a little bit, I didn't have phone service. If somebody else was setting it up and it was set up to where you couldn't hear me. And unless the speaker is like blaring right behind the phone, which means it's too loud for the people in the field, uh, you couldn't hear the speaker either. So still working through some logistics there. Maybe the Wi-Fi from the school could push out there. Maybe there's something around there. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But if we can go live, it'll be on the Facebook page. Be sure and stay caught up there. And I'll remind you then, just like I'm going to now, buy a shirt, win a bat until next Sunday, 8 p.m. Central. Shirt styles on the page. Go ahead and get yourself some. But this will be kind of a short and quick and to the point podcast tonight. Still feeling kind of ran down. Uh, I did indeed get the ick. I don't want to say the word and get my videos demonetized and flagged and be hidden on YouTube for the rest of my life. Uh, Drug me down for a couple of days. Bounced back. Feeling pretty good now. Just getting worn down. Went out and mowed the grass tonight. Felt like I ran a marathon. And I got to play softball this weekend, but thank God I'm not pitching. So that that's always a plus. Got a nice little squad going down there. Should be a good time. Getting to play with my guy Mitchell. Always a good time with him. And I'm kind of thinking the way the schedule is going to work out. Because there's only one field. They do men's and co-ed. And the way that this might all work out... <laughs> I, I halfway thought about it. I'm, I'm going to do my best to vlog this weekend, by the way. Uh, I know a lot of you guys really enjoy the tournament vlogs. I haven't played a lot of tournaments, so it's hard for me to do that. And the, what, I think two tournaments I've played this year, it just hasn't been in the cards for it to work out the way it did. But that is, like, the agenda for the weekend. That's the one thing I do want to get done is to vlog and just kind of, like, Bring you guys a spectacle of what is the weekend and why I enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to really enjoy it. So our first game is at 10 a.m. on Saturday. The tournament starts on Friday. Luckily, we didn't get a Friday game. So the tournament starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday. 
And then if we win that one, we would play at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And then if we win that one, we play at 7 p.m. on Sunday. 24-hour break. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. There's one field, all these games going on, and it's just how it is. You got the co-ed to play. You got the loser's bracket to play out. I think it's capped at nine nine and eight. Nine men's teams, eight, eight co-ed teams. And then if we win our 7 p.m. game on Sunday, we play at 3.30 p.m. on Monday. And I'm halfway thinking like, here, here's kind of what I'm thinking for the weekend. Let's get over there. Get game one in the books. Hang out. Do our thing. I might jump in and get some swings in co-ed with a friend of mine. Then go hang out with the in-laws. Go hang out at their house for a little bit. The kids love going over there. It'd be a good time. They don't live too far away. Um, They're going to be nice enough to let us crash at their place for the weekend because Jamestown is like an hour and change from my house. So we got the dog put up for the weekend. We're going to go hang out, spend some QT with the family time there. Sunday, we got all day. Go on some four-wheeler rides, maybe do a little fishing, a little hood rat shit. Go back, play that game. And if we play at 3.30 on Monday, I think I'm going to get up and go golfing Monday morning. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm throwing the clubs in the car just in case. It'll be a good time. I'll look forward to it, no matter how it, how it boils down. Should be a fun weekend. What's everybody got planned for the weekend? Speaking of softball, I know there's some other people playing softball other places. There is uh, usually a couple of wood bat tournaments. I believe one of them is in Mocane, Missouri. Uh, a town just about like Jamestown. It's their little World's Fair thing. Um, my, my friend John was very excited to play in that. He grew up in Mocane. Uh, he was very excited to play in that thing. That's basically like a, a, it gets you considered an all-nighter. It doesn't stop until it's over kind of thing. It'll run through a couple of days. And then I do believe Mary's Home, a wood bat tournament, used to be on the same weekend or maybe close to it. And it was a wood bat tournament. It would start on Friday and literally, and I kid you not, run until it's done. It would go through Friday night into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday. Nothing but games the entire time. But I do believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, some of the locals might be able to. Mary's Home got canceled last year because it had 16 teams and they said it wasn't enough. How many tournaments have you played in this year that had less than 16 teams? I'm going to bet a decent a bit of you that do play tournament ball probably played in a decent number of tournaments with less than 16 teams. So the fact that they say that's not enough is kind of wild. But it is what it is, right? Jason says, daughter's bridal shower this weekend. No ball for me. Well, priorities, my man. Priorities. I'll be there. I'll be there one day. She's still sick, so hopefully it's a long ways away. <laughs> Matthew says he's taking the weekend off from ball. It's a nephew's birthday party. Got a draft tournament next weekend. Dude, that would be so much fun. To do, I, I know I keep talking. I'm going to host this tournament. I'm going to host that tournament. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do a lot of things, guys. <laughs> some of it's just getting a fire lit under my ass, and then some of it is finding the time. 
<clears throat> they did recently change uh, some of the policies at work to free up weekends for the people that get stuck working a lot. So that's going to be kind of nice because that's half the reason I haven't really tried to like schedule or run any of my own tournaments. Is simply because it's hard to try and do that when you don't know when you're going to be off work. So that, that definitely helps free things up. Doing some kind of draft tournament would be an absolute blast. I feel like if you posted it in enough in advance and promoted it the right ways, uh, you could get a lot of people and probably pull from a, a lot of different areas, especially uh, someone with a very diverse audience like we have here. Maybe I'm not getting people from California, but like at least the surrounding area, maybe maybe the states, and um, it would it would be fun. It would be a lot of fun to like try and get people from all over the country to come in. That's one of my favorite things is, you know, stuff like that. Like I'm I'm all in on this spider stuff. I want to play a couple of spiders tournaments next year, where they do their super super drafts. That that sounds like a blast. A chance to get out and meet people. Obviously, again stated it earlier. I could sit around and talk to myself for hours. <laughs> so to meet new people to talk to and and meet and, and conversate with and, and get to know. And yeah, part of it is being like a, a YouTuber and the people, you know, asking me questions and bat questions and talking bats and kind of talking shop. I love that stuff. It's a lot of fun. So to be somewhere where everybody has a lot of the same interests would be a lot of fun as well. And that's why sometimes I like doing the podcast. Like, we'll just sit here and just ramble and talk, and uh, I'll just have a podcast having a conversation with the comment section and wouldn't change it for the world. See, Jason says, Military World's coming up in mid-September. Yeah, so Jason almost had himself quite the deal going. Almost ended up playing in a tournament. If they'd have placed... In the right place, they would have gotten to play at the home of the Washington Nationals. How crazy is that? That would have been so much fun to be able to play softball in a, in a baseball stadium. I mean, I'd make a fool of myself, but you know how much fun that would be? Perfectly manicured grass. Perfectly manicured dirt. Like, they mow the grass, like, five or six times a day. That's wild. Perfectly cut. I'm talking perfectly. Jason says he would like to do a Spiders tournament and have an opportunity every year, but inevitably my team will play. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's like trying to like break yourself away, and then they're like, oh, what the heck, we had this on the schedule. It's like, man, I don't miss that. I don't think I'm going to end up doing much like team-wise stuff with tournament stuff next year. At least as of now, anyway. I, who knows? So that'll be kind of nice to be able to like have the schedule open so I can plan things like that. Uh, Matthew says if he knew ahead of time he'd draft in Michigan for like a BP Hero Super Draft. Yeah, and like something like that, you would definitely have to post like like I would have to like put it up in like March and host the tournament in, like September, just so everybody can plan ahead because that's a lot of planning that goes into that. Especially if I'm going to do it anywhere like local here. Like I would almost have to do it in Columbia just to give people options of places to stay and, and that kind of thing. And it's it's more of a spectacle than Moberly is. Uh, it's my town is like 15,000 people. There's a couple of hotels. Not a lot here. Um, the fields would be a pain in the ass to get because the park director wants slow pitch softball to die. 
just lots of lots of variables. I mean, there was this one time we were having a league out there, and dude, it's softball league in the fall. We are the only teams on a field in the entire ballpark every week because everything out there goes on during the summertime. There, there's literally nothing going on. And he's out there checking coolers because it's like a no alcohol policy, right? So he's out there checking coolers, looking through cups. And he goes and confiscates a cooler uh, from one of my friends. And this is a friend that I would not confiscate a cooler from. I don't care what was in it. I don't care who told me to do it. I would take one look at this man and be like, you know what? You're, you just get the coolers yours. You can have everything in it. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to put something in it. Just don't kill me. <laughs> he's a, he's a big dude. It, it, the funny thing is he's a super nice guy, but, um, cross him and he will not be nice anymore. He, he has that ability. You know, I, I've seen it come into play a couple of different times and thought like, man, I, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> so, Director comes, he gets his cooler, and goes and sits behind the uh, the scores table at home plate with it. Behind the backstop, you know. And he walks over and he says, uh, he says, I need my cooler. God's like, you can't have it till after the game. He's like, I don't think you understand. I want my cooler. Well, you can't have this stuff out here. You can get it after the game. And he says, I- I'm just going to ask you one more time, then I'm going to take it. I need my cooler. And dude backs down. He says, you know what? Just take it. He says, just, just don't bring it out here next time. So that, that whole confrontation took place. And then he had the park rangers sicked on us a couple different times for drinking in the parking lot after the games were over. It's not even like the park was closed and there was other games going on. Like, come on. I get that you're salty that your softball career and your baseball career didn't end the way you wanted it to. Your life changed and you couldn't play ball anymore. Don't take it out on the rest of us. I can say this stuff because he's never going to listen. And if somebody local sends it to him, good. I tell him the same thing to his face. Nice enough guy, really and honestly. But when it comes to running that ballpark, he is impossible. So to do it here in town would be almost impossible because he's just going to be out there policing us. But it would be fun because <laughs> there was complaints when this ball field was, when this complex was built, that the fences were too short for whatever sport was being played on it, slow pitch, baseball, softball, whatever. So he said, hell with it, and just moved the plates back 15 feet. Sorry, 25 feet. Was it 15? No, that's what it was. It wasn't the fields are too big. It's the backstops are too deep. That's what it was. And it was, honestly, like it was a country mile to go get a ball that got past you playing baseball, play, you know, kids playing baseball and softball, pass balls, getting by a catcher. I mean, the, the backstop is about 15 feet away now. And before they moved home plate back, I mean, the, the fences were 300 all the way around. And the fair foul poles were in the corners of the field. So when he moved the plate back, the fair foul lines ended up getting ran down the side fences. So now the the fence has got this weird like mushroom top looking thing going on. 
and like the very corners of the fields are 275. <laughs> and I, I spent, I played two league games out there one night and I think I made it out almost every bat trying to hook one around the pole. <laughs> so maybe we could have a contest instead of a home run derby, who can hook a ball around the pole. It'd be a lot of fun. I tried the left field line. I tried the right field line. It was an absolute blast. Hang on. I got to go check on the Cardinals game. Give me two seconds. So I got on a bit of a Rambletron tonight. Thanks, Jason. Uh, I just went in there and looked. Runners on. Uh, they're running on first and third now. Of course, you probably did know that. I think the chat's a little bit behind on live stuff. But yeah, so that's one thing I did want to talk about tonight. Dude, Albert Pujols has just been on an absolute tear. And Barstool Sports wrote up an article basically saying like, hey, you know, Albert Pujols is on some shit. I made the joke. I did make the joke with some friends a while back. Like, you know, what what are the chances... You know, he just puts a needle in his ass for the last two months of the season and just goes ham. He's not going to be tired. He's not going to be worn down. He can recover so fast. Like, very clearly and obviously is a joke. Just so he can get to 700 home runs. He's at 694 right now. But uh, Barstool Sports thought, hey, like, let's let's make a mockery of this. So they wrote up an article basically saying how they believe that he's on uh, PEDs and uh, short of slandering him because he, he, he was accused of it once and then uh, was threatened to be sued to make that go away. I'm not going to weigh in on what I think with PEDs in the game and who's on them and who's not. Um, really what I think it dwells down to is uh, Just to be dead ass honest, you're, it's not cheating unless you get caught when it comes to stuff like that. Because I know, like, I'm not saying he has, I'm not saying he hasn't, I'm not saying players that do or don't, but I mean, like, until you get caught, you just have to assume a lot of people are. And for a multitude of reasons, but anyway, circling back, so the joke was, you know, did did he did he shoot one last round? Just to try and go for the record. And dude, he, he's just been on an, on an absolute just tear. But it's cool to watch. I I feel like maybe not even being like a Cardinals fan, you could still root for the guy. Just to see if he does get to 700. You know, when they started the season, they were said, oh, there, there's no way he's going to make it. He'll have to have like 20 or 21 home runs and... Dude, he came alive here these last couple months. He was a co-player of the month for August. It's it's been kind of wild, and I I think it's it's cool to see, and really and honestly, what I think it is is, um, he's just swinging like he's got nothing to lose, and it's working. I mean, for the longest time, he was one of, if not the premier hitter in the game. So. For him to go out there and do what he's doing right now is just kind of like, I feel like, a shade, a glimpse of, you know, I still got it, and I'm going to use it all to get to what I want to get to. Will he get the number? Man, I sure would like to think so. 
I really would like to think so. But I just don't know. I feel like in the day and age of it sure does seem like that sports are scripted and he is going to make it. And if listen, if I'm if I'm a pitcher and I'm pitching to Pujols, knowing what's on the line, dude, if it's 6.99 and it's the last game of the year, listen, pal, tell me where you want it. I'll pipe it in there for you. And the people that complain about that stuff can also remember when um, Brett Favre laid down on the ground and let Michael Strahan sack him to break the sacks record in the NFL. Football season's coming around the corner, by the way. Excited for that. But to see Pujols make this run, I, I think it's awesome. He's digging deep. He's swinging like he does not care. And maybe he, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't care. But to just get in the box and just hack away without a care in the world when the entire, entire league seems to be rooting for you, it'd be easy to do. It'd be easy to get in there and just swing the bat like you got nothing to lose. And he has just been beating the cover off the ball, too. I won't say a lot, all of, but a lot of his outs have been scary outs, too. He had a ball the other night, uh, a line drive at the shortstop. I think they said it was like 106, 107, something like that. Uh, off the bat, and he hit it so hard that the runner at first barely had time to get back. The shortstop caught it and threw it to first, and the the runner had to dive back in to get back in time. Like, that's how hard the ball was hit. The dude's out there stroking it. And and very clearly, like, he's going to be done after this year. Yadier Molina said he's going to be done after this year. Do I think Wainwright's done? No. I just hope for his sake that he doesn't just drag it out until it's like, all right, guy, you're a... So I can hear the game in the other room. It's killing me. Not sure I want to go in there, but <laughs> so anyway, I hope Wainwright doesn't just drag it out to the point that he's a 500 pitcher, you know, crow hopping a pitch to the plate to get it to be 85. I mean, the, the dude's obviously still got the stuff to be an ace, and Lord knows the Cardinals need him right now. But I hope he doesn't just drag it out to the point of like hard to watch. I do hope that. Two seconds here. I gotta check something. Okay, right. So one last thing before we go. Um, <laughs> not softball related, and I am sorry, but we're talking bowling for a minute here. Big night, the big night. So we had to pre-bowl. Because they wanted us to bowl on Labor Day. The league wanted us to bowl on Labor Day. Monday, I do a Monday league. I'm like, no, no shot. I'm going in there and bowling on a Monday. And the cool thing about bowling is is I can go and I can we can pre bowl. You have to the whole the whole team has to do it. But we can pre bowl. You know, we can say, Hey, you know, we can't make it. 
can we come in and bowl and post our scores for the upcoming week? Yeah, cool. That's fine. So that's what we did last night. And I finally, I've been bowling like actual league stuff for gosh, what? I bowled a couple months here in town before the bowling alley closed up. Two and a half, almost three months. And then last night was my first night in the league here, the one we just started, and I finally got my first 200 game. Not a huge deal, but to me it was. I couldn't tell you how many 190s I've bowled trying to get to 200. I ended up bowling a 213 and then going off and throwing a 236 after that. But we came right back to reality and bowled a 150. (laughs) Where I'm going with this, uh, when it comes to like pressure, because like I, I immediately thought to myself, like right after I did this, like this would be a good podcast topic because I'm, I'm going to segue this here. So I, I look up, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with like, if I have this much in this frame, like this is what I'm going to end with. If I can strike out or, or I'm inevitably going to end with this score. So it's the ninth frame. I'm getting ready to throw the 10th. And my friend Brad, who bowls on Tuesdays is there. And I kind of BS with him in between shots because we're, we're rolling through the order here because we're not bowling against another team. And I look up right before I go to throw my 10th frame and I'm like at one, 190 something maybe. Maybe it wasn't 190. Maybe I think it was I think it was in the mid 180s. And like I just immediately like clinch up like, oh God. <laughs> like I can do it right here. Because I've done this before. I, I tried to, I, I, w- I was set up for a 200 game threw an open frame in the ninth and just screwed myself. And I go up there to throw my first shot thinking like, all right, just knock some pins down, clean it up and get your third shot of the frame. You should be good. I go to throw the ball. I I am, uh, what's up, Kyle? How you doing, buddy? Uh, Unfortunately, just getting ready to wrap up here, telling a story so I can segue into a topic and I'm probably going to wrap it up for the night. Feeling kind of drugged down still from the ick. So I go to throw this ball, and, and mind you, I'm a, I'm a caveman. I'm unorthodox, and it's it's not pretty, and I'm not civilized when it comes to bowling. I don't bowl with a thumb. I just put two fingers in the ball, um, pull it back, and cut her loose. It, it just – I don't have a hand laid out very well to get a thumb behind me. I've got a, a barroom break in one of my knuckles. It just – the whole situation does not bode well for me to try and use a thumb. I'm working on trying to figure out a way, but uh, as of now, it's, it's not – not going well. So you don't have a whole lot of support there. You basically got to cut the ball into your wrist and your arm, dig your fingers in, and that's all you got to support that ball while you're swinging it around, 16-pound ball. I pull back, and I come down from my shot, and I go to throw it, and I feel it slip out from underneath my wrist. And it hits the lane and takes off rolling, and I'm thinking, God, no. I thought for sure that I had just rolled this ball straight into the gutter. But somehow it slipped out of my hand. I managed to push it off my arm and get it to roll down the lane. Uh, if you know anything about um, like reactive balls and bowling balls, the balls that hook a lot, what happened? Is the game over? Okay. It's getting juicy in there, it sounds like. But anyway, so uh, 
if you know anything about like reactive bowling balls at all or and stuff like that, like you see these guys with these big crazy hooks. Yes, there is skill involved with that, but a lot of things that I didn't realize until I started bowling is um, the balls have counterweights in them to help them spin, and then that helps them hook. So I throw a ball with with a pretty mean hook. Being a thumbless bowler, um, you usually generate a, a lot more RPMs anyway, a lot more revs anyway. It's going to make your ball hook a lot. So I usually hook the ball pretty hard. I went to throw it. It rolled out of my hand. didn't hook at all. And basically just rolled straight down the straight down the boards and hit the side of the pins, missed the head pin. But luckily it was something I could clean up. I cleaned up the spare and then threw a strike and ended up bowling a 213. But I, I got nervous. I looked up, saw the score, knew it was a 10th frame, and thought if I don't screw this up, I've got a 200 on my hands here. I threw that ball and it fell out of my arm. And I was like, God, here we go. And Brad was watching me and... and Brad's a good friend of mine, and he was not going to let me hear the end of that ever. How did I drop that ball? So I'm glad I didn't. Got my 200 out of the way. Then ended up bowling a 236 after that. Found a groove, was just out there just ripping on him. And then it was split city from there. The oil in the lanes transitioned a little bit, which is another thing that helps people hook the ball a lot. And the, the oil was kind of starting to go away. The bowling balls... The resin in them will kind of pick the oil up and either drag it down the lane or just suck the oil out of the lane, which makes it harder to throw your hook and control it because the ball doesn't skid down the lane and then hook anymore. So that happened. My ball wasn't hooking and reacting the way I wanted it to. I think I ended up splitting and leaving open my first five frames and then salvaged it for like a 150. It was a 150 on the money, actually. And it ended up one pin short of averaging 200 for my three games. I was so mad. And when I say so mad, like, I really wasn't. I got the 200 monkey off my back, and I said I said when I bowled the first one, I was like, I don't care what happens from here. I do not care. I don't care if I bowl 100 for the rest of the night. And I tried. I tried my last game. But it's, it's fun. Um, bases loaded two outs, oh boy. Yeah, oh boy's right. But anyway, what that got me thinking about was... Like hitting under pressure. And it's probably just because softball is like so second nature to me. And I'm going to speak something into existence and eat my words this weekend. I can already tell with bringing this up, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, what are what are some things you think about to not make yourself freak out when you hit in the clutch? Like for me, I'm a, I'm a big creature of habit. I don't care if he just said how many outs there are. I will... And, and like this is maybe you could call it superstition. I call it just habit to keep myself in a routine. He can say two outs, and I'm gonna. I have to ask him before he tells me. I'll say how many outs, even if I know there's none, even if I'm in the first batter of the inning. I do not care. I will ask how many outs there are. Take my two practice swings. Think about what I want to do, and then get in the box. I feel like the keeping a routine in clutch situations is is huge. You can't just run to the box, get in, take a swing. You just you just you just can't. You have to maintain you have to maintain your habit, you have to maintain your flow. Don't change a thing. Do what you would normally do to try and keep your body and your mind in the mindset of just go hit. I'm not going to say I'm the most clutch hitter in the world, but with the game on the line or us needing a hit more times than not, I can find a way to come through. It may not be what we want, 
it may not be exactly what we needed, but it's going to keep us alive is what I'm going to do. Whether it be a walk, whether it be a hit through the right side. Um, I've hit a couple of walk-off home runs in my day. Not a ton. Because I, I, I'm a low-risk, high-reward guy when it comes to stuff like that. Like I'm going to do what I need to do to get on base because I have to trust my teammates. That is... Sorry, that that is 100% what my mindset is. And it's something to think about. Like if you ever end up in like a pressure situation, do what you would normally do. Don't think, oh my God, I got to get this run in. Just find a way to get it to the next guy. That's the only thing you need to think about is find a way to get it to the next guy. Um, If you can maintain that mentality into anything, really. I mean, like the the bowling thing. And like I said, I've hit so many softballs, it's probably just second nature. So just keeping myself in that habit and that rhythm helps. But it, it's kind of funny with the bowling thing. Um, had I been someone that bowls or bowled a long time, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Just just knowing myself, I wouldn't think twice about it. But I'm not there yet. God, I'm not there yet. So to watch myself drop that ball down my arm and, and, and roll it down the lane, side of the lane, did make me think back like, man, I, 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 cause I used to do it. I used to be the guy that would not come through. I used to be the guy that would pop out. I used to be the guy that would swing for the home run. But times change. Trust the guy behind you. You should always trust the guy behind you anyway. But in a situation where you really need to grind one out, if you can't trust the guy behind you in general or in any situation, you're already kind of like putting yourself in a bad spot and you should always trust who's there. And in those big moments, you have to. Do what you can and let them help too. A little inspirational Ramblatron speech to end up the podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been fighting that off for about five minutes now. Um, so BP Hero is going to wrap this one up. Season 7, episode number 32. Buy a shirt, win a bat. Don't forget to go and get yourself one of the shirts that are on the page. Hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, and I can get you fixed up, get your order taken. Every shirt you buy is an entry to win a free in-stock bat from headbangersports.com after the order is closed. That's all for this podcast. Catch you guys next week. Swing hard in case you hit it. BP Hero, catch you then.